All right, so we're going to the book of Psalms, chapter 119, amen, and we're going to be reading verses 9 through 19, and I'm in the New King James Version on this morning, amen. Psalms 119, chapter, excuse me, chapter 119, verse 9, and it reads, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. Amen. Amen. If you'll give me your time and attention this morning, I want to talk to you about the kingdom constitution. Amen. The kingdom constitution. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. You are the one who leads us and guides us into all truth. Have your way. Hide me behind this cross and speak to the people of God on this morning. We all need to hear what's on the Father's heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The kingdom constitution. Amen is what we're talking about. We're in this series on kingdom authority. Amen. We're, we're in a really a season, if you will, of being kingdom focused all throughout this year. We're going to be kingdom focused. Amen. We know that there's a lot of things going on in the world that we know that there are things to come that will be going on in the world. But we are going to keep our eyes fixed and focused on God and on his kingdom. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added uh, uh, unto us. Amen. So so we're going to stay fixed and focused on God's kingdom. We're going to steep ourselves when translation says in God reality, in God initiative. Amen. We're going to see and focus in on what he's doing more than what the world is up to. Amen. Because we know he's the real deal. Amen. And so we have to if we're going to be kingdom focused. We have to understand the concept of a kingdom. Amen. God chose, God chose to reveal his purpose, his will, and his plan for mankind using the concept of a kingdom. And so it's essential that we understand the principles and functions of a kingdom so we can understand how the Lord operates in the earth and through our lives. Amen. Most of us in the Western part of the world, we have no idea how kingdoms work, you know, monarchy, monarchies and royalty and all these things. And not only that, do, are we not familiar with it? But when we do see a concept of a kingdom, uh, we see man's version who has perverted God's original concept of a kingdom to include uh, dominating other men, dominating mankind, domination over other kingdoms. As we know, Know that when God originally created the kingdom, amen, on the earth, he, he created a colony of the kingdom of heaven on the earth. He, he gave us dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, amen, the, the, the cattle and all the creeping thing. But he never gave us dominion over other men.
men, not in the beginning, amen, but as mankind uh, promoted his own image, reproduced the devil's image, amen. Now there were kingdoms that needed to be subdued because of the evil that was in them. It was never God's intention. God's intention was to spread his image so that goodness and mercy would be all throughout the earth, so the love of God would be all throughout the earth, amen. But because of evil, because of sin, other kingdoms had to be subdued and had to be put down. We see this in Israel as they were leaving the wilderness and they were going into the promised land. The reason they had to take over those other kingdoms because the land had been polluted, like we saw in the video. The land had been vandalized, okay, had been polluted. And so they had to come in and cleanse it. They had to come in and cleanse it. There was judgment of God to cleanse those kingdoms, amen. And so again, God's concept of a kingdom was that the king or the ruler of the kingdom would share his wealth, share his love, share his rule equally with everyone in the kingdom. Amen. But we understand Adam lost it, right? Adam lost it. Man began to establish their own kingdoms without God. And after God chose Abraham's family to be a blessing to all of the earth and reestablish his kingdom in the earth, Israel ends up choosing to be like every other nation says, well, we know God is our king, but give us a king like everybody else has. Amen. Family, be careful when you want to be like everybody else. God may be trying to use you to bring them out of where they are. Amen. And that's what God was saying with Israel. He says, listen, I'm going to use you to bless all nations of the earth, but to be an example to them of godliness and righteousness and what a real kingdom should look like. But they rejected God's offer. They rejected God's rule in favor of an earthly king. And, and we see even, and you can read this on your own time, in Samuel chapter in first Samuel chapter eight, where they were asking for a king and Samuel was saying, look, if you get this king, I'm telling you what it's going to be like. OK, he's going to take your kids. He's going to take your daughters. He's going to make them bakers. He's going to make them servants. He's going to have people running before the chariots. He's going to take the best of your fields. He's going to take all your stuff. OK, and you'll become subjects or servants to that king. He says, don't reject God. You already have God as your king and his rule is righteous and it's good. And they rejected it still. Amen. And so the kingdom of God is what he's trying to reestablish in the earth. Amen. A ki the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God has a lot of features um, just like regular kingdoms. OK, has a lot of things like regular kingdoms. Now, as I said, it's unlike any other kingdom that we can experience because the God of the kingdom or the king of the kingdom, I should say, um, desires to share his rule equally with all of the citizens of the kingdom. You won't find that anywhere else. Amen. Usually there's a king and there's an heir and then the rest of the siblings that may be along with that heir. Well, they don't get what the what the heir gets. OK, they don't get the, the rule. They don't get everything. But God's not that way. He says, listen, it is my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I'm going to share this equally with all of my citizens. Remember, we're not subjects. We're sons. We're daughters. We're children of the king. Amen. So we're not just subjects and servants. No, we have equal share. The Bible says that because we're Christ, we're Abraham's seed and what? And we're heirs according to the promise. So, so God's kingdom operates different than any other kingdom. But at the same time, there's a lot of attributes about the kingdom of God that are similar to other earthly kingdoms. Let's look at a few of those. Amen. All kingdoms, 
all kingdoms obviously have a king, okay, or a lord or someone in charge of the kingdom, right? All kingdoms have a territory that they rule over. We understand that when it comes to the kingdom of God, his, his territory is the heavens and the earth, amen? That's his, his territory, it's his kingdom. All kingdoms have citizens, right? Citizens, the people that live under the rule of the king. Every kingdom has laws, right? Acceptable practices within that kingdom. Every kingdom has privileges, the rights and the benefits that are extended to all citizens, right? If you're a citizen of the kingdom, you have certain privileges, right? Every kingdom has a code of ethics, which is acceptable lifestyle and conduct, how you live, how you carry yourself, okay? And then every kingdom has an army, right? It's got security. How many of you know that the kingdom of God has an army, amen? The angels are called the host of heaven, amen? And they are the army. They provide the security in the kingdom. Uh, every kingdom has a commonwealth. And what that means is economic security, okay? It's the financial system of the kingdom. It's called the commonwealth, amen? Every kingdom has that. Every kingdom also has a social culture, right? Protocol, procedures, how you carry yourself when you're in the presence of royalty, amen? Every kingdom has that. But, but most importantly, most importantly, every kingdom has a constitution. Every kingdom has a constitution because that's how you know what your benefits are, what your privileges are, right? That's where you learn about the social structure. That's where you understand the commonwealth, okay? Every kingdom has a constitution. The constitution is the covenant that the king makes with his citizens, all right? It is, it, the a constitution contains the documented words of the king, amen? It provides the will and the mind of the king for all its citizens, and we understand the Bible is our kingdom constitution, amen? And we have to know the word, we have to know the Bible, we have to know scripture to know the laws, the privileges, the code of ethics, right? The social structure of the kingdom, amen? The word is what gives us the systems to stay connected to the commonwealth to ensure our economic security, amen? The Bible also is what God uses to command the army. We're gonna talk about it, amen? The host of heaven. We have to know the kingdom constitution, amen? I said on Wednesday that as Americans, we will fight, we will petition, we will go to battle, amen, over our rights and over our way of life, amen? And we have to know our rights in order to keep our rights from being violated. It's the same way in the kingdom. Hosea chapter four, verse six, he says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Family, in this kingdom, I'm telling you, in this kingdom, Amen. We, we have guarantees. We have guarantees in the kingdom constitution. But because we don't know what the constitution says, I believe the enemy gets away with way too much. He gets away with too much. Sometimes we're living beneath our privileges. Sometimes we endure unnecessary hardships because we don't know what the word says about our situation. We suffer losses. Amen. Because we don't know the word. I mean, think about this. The devil's initial attack in the garden was on the word. Did God say? Did he say, right? He got into Eve's head about challenging her knowledge of the words of the king. And let me tell you something, you can write this down, this is something you need to remember. We only know as much of God as we know of his word. Amen, let me say it again. We only know as much of God 
as we know of his word. If we don't know the word of God, we can be easily fooled and tricked into believing things about God that just are not true. We only know God to the extent that we know his word. Amen. Because guess what? The devil knows the word, too. He knows the word, too. Right. And so when we get challenged, we get tempted. We see Jesus in the wilderness. Remember Luke chapter four, I believe it is. We see Jesus in the wilderness being tempted of the devil. And when the devil came, Jesus fired back with the word. Right. He fired back with the word. But guess what the devil did? Oh, he he brought some word too. He took it out of context, but he brought some word. Right. And so he knows the word. So we have to be well versed in the word of God, in the kingdom constitution. We better know what God is saying. Amen. And be connected. Watch this. Be connected with the Holy Spirit, who, as I always say, is the one who leads us and guides us into all truth. Amen. There are certain things we have to believe about the word of God as kingdom citizens. Amen. We have to have to. It is essential. We have to believe that the Bible is absolutely true. Amen. It is absolute truth truth. Amen. John chapter 17, verse 17. Jesus said it this way when he was praying for us. He said, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. Thy word is truth. And again, we're not just talking about the written word. We're also talking about the living word. Amen. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father except by me. So Jesus is the truth. Amen. He is the truth. And the word of God, the Bible, this kingdom constitution is our absolute truth. Amen. And not just ours. Again, it is absolute truth. And as believers, as kingdom citizens, it is essential that we hold on and we stand on the word as our definition of absolute truth. You know, there's so much um, things in the world today. There's a, a very popular uh, belief system, if you will, called secular humanism. Basically, what that means, it means that that human beings are capable of being ethical and moral without religion or without belief in a God. Right. Uh, secular humanism teaches that you can look it up on 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 the Internet. It'll tell you all about it. You know, it, it doesn't believe that humans are inherently good or evil. It believes that we can establish our own morality, our own system of ethics and we don't need a God to do it. It says anything that you believe should not be believed just based on faith. It has to go through science, philosophy, and it has to be proven. And that's why we believe it. Now, how many of you know that it takes more faith to believe in something like that than to believe in the Bible, which has all kinds of evidence, and not only in science, but in just in the world, there's all kinds of evidence that the Bible is true. Amen. But secular humanism will have you seeking to to establish your own truth. OK, seeking to establish your own truth. One that says says that anything that that is believed must be uh, thoroughly examined and not just accepted or rejected on faith. Right. But but the, here's the problem. This this humanism has a continually evolving uh, uh, definition of truth. There's a continual evolving of the definition of truth. Amen. But we as Christians believe that the Bible is absolute truth. There's a lot of people in the world that don't believe in such a thing. They don't believe that there is a definition of absolute truth. OK. And, and we know that according to the Bible in, in Romans chapter one, let's look at that for a second. Romans chapter one tells us that people who are in that camp, they suppress the truth. Romans chapter one, verse 18 
says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who watch this suppress the truth in unrighteousness. What does that mean? They suppress the truth. Let's keep reading. Verse 19, because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead. So they are without excuse. Basically, what God is saying is he has put enough of himself. Hallelujah. He has put enough of himself into creation that everyone should be able to know who he is, to know that he exists. Amen. To know that there is a hunger and a thirst for something beyond ourselves. And that is him. And he will bring circumstances. He will bring people to allow us to be introduced to him so we can understand what that hunger is. Amen. And I believe that with all my heart, there is a hole. And I just kind of see it this way. There's a hole in every person's heart that's born into this world that only God can fill. And we will continue to search for truth. We will continue to search out the meaning of life. We will continue to search out something to fill that void. And we can try all kinds of things. I know I did it. We can try all kinds of things to try to fill that gap, but nothing, nothing will satisfy it except for God. Amen. But when we decide not to believe, when we choose to not seek God, when we choose to, to, to embrace concepts like this humanism, the secular humanism. We we decide to embrace these concepts and have our own version of spirituality. Guess what? It's going to lead us down a path that we do not want to go. Amen. And look at verse 21 in Romans chapter one. It says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. They became futile in their thoughts. Their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise. They became Fools. When you reject God, amen, when we reject God, when we reject the existence of God, we become fools. Amen. We become fools. And before we get to pointing fingers and calling people fools and things like that, you better go back to verse 18. Amen. Because verse 18 here says the wrath of God, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all. All of these people. Amen. As I, I was saddened, as I was looking at this even on last night, looking up this concept of secular humanism, and I was so saddened by all of the prominent people past and, and present who, who believe this, who are um, what we, they call their proud humanists. And a lot of them had already died. You know, a lot of them died believing this. Uh, uh, I mean, so so understand God is not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance. Amen. So we need to be well versed in the Constitution so that perhaps the Lord will create opportunities for conversation and rescue them. Amen. From the wrath that is to come. But but again, as kingdom citizens, we have to take the word as absolute truth. Amen. Amen. It is the basis for truth to which everything else must be be compared. Scripture is the final authority on everything. Let me say it again. Scripture is the final authority on everything. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16 says it this way. All scripture, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. That means it is God breathed, right? It is God breathed and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, 
thoroughly equipped for every good work. He's saying, look, the Bible is good all by itself. It is good enough to make you equipped. It'll have everything you need to live a godly life. Amen. So any as we read the Bible, sometimes there's that people can can perceive, oh, well, there's errors in the Bible. Oh, there's there's uh, uh, what do they say? Contradictions in the Bible. Well, let me let me help you with something here. Any perception of error or contradiction in the Bible is a result of man's interpretation and not the Holy Spirit's dictation. Amen. Any perception of error or contradiction in the Bible is a result of man's interpretation and not the Holy Spirit's dictation. If God says, look, this is what you need. Uh, some people have used the acronym. The Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. Amen. If this is what he's holding us accountable for, I'm telling you, it has everything we need. It has everything we need. Amen. And I'm not saying that we can't look into other things that we can't understand other things. Like I said, even on last night, I was trying to understand this concept of secular humanism to understand how other people think. But here's the thing. I'm not looking at secular humanism or other concepts or other religions or other faiths to say, OK, let me see what they say so I can evaluate the Bible. No, I evaluate that by scripture. Why? Because that's my constitution. That's what I base my life on. It is absolute truth. Amen. Let God be true and every man be alive. Amen. The Bible is absolutely true. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's look at our text today. Let's look at our text today and let's get some basic principles about the kingdom constitution. Amen. Amen. Let's go back to, again, Psalms chapter 119. I'm going to start at verse nine. First principle we need to know here is that the kingdom constitution must be obeyed. Amen. It must be obeyed. Amen. Psalms 119 verse 9 says, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed. Taking heed is obeying, is paying attention to. Taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Amen. Amen. The kingdom constitution must be obeyed obeyed, has to be obeyed. My privileges and my benefits as a citizen in the kingdom come to me as I maintain right standing with the king. Amen. Family, you can't break the law in a society and, and not suffer consequences. You can't do that in any society. Amen. And especially in the kingdom of God, as we've said before, when we rebel against the, the words of the king, we rebel against the kingdom. Amen. So we have to take the Bible for what it is and, 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 and adapt our life, adjust our life to it and not try to adjust it to fit our lives. Amen. That's what's going on all over the world. We're trying to take the word and make it fit what we want, make it fit how we see things and the way we think things ought to go. Amen. And we get further and further away from what the Constitution says. Amen. We have to stick with the word. We have to obey it. James chapter one, verse 22 says this. It says, but be doers of the word. Somebody say doers. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself 
goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. Watch that. He who looks into it and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one, the doer, will be blessed in what he does. Amen. How many of us would, as we're getting ready to go to work or we're getting ready for our day, we're getting ready to step out of the house and we go and check ourselves in the mirror and we see something out of place and we don't fix it. We don't we don't adjust before we leave. Amen. It, it, it doesn't make sense. We wouldn't do that. Right. We want to make, make sure we got everything dressed right dress as we used to say in the military before we go out. Well, it's the same way when we see the word and we see something out of place in our lives. It requires us to adjust. But too many times we'll go out and we'll forget what we saw. We'll forget the, the adjustment that we need to make. We'll forget that the Bible says that we have to forgive. We'll forget that the Bible says that we need to be kind to one another. We need to love people. We'll forget amen, and we'll allow bitterness and things like that to get in our heart and take root. And we just, well, I know what the word says, but I just feel no, 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 no. That's not how it works. This is the kingdom constitution. If you're going to be a citizen of the kingdom and you are, you have to obey the constitution. Amen. It's funny how we sometimes selectively apply the Bible to areas that speak about blessing, but not those that require me to change my lifestyle. Amen. We'll quote the blessing, but we won't quote the change. Amen. But here you have to understand blessings are connected to your obedience. Amen. Blessings are connected to our obedience. As you go back and I know we've all uh, probably heard the, 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 the song blessed, right? We're, we're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. Well, that comes from Deuteronomy 28. But the first part of that says now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey. Right. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, then you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed is your kneading basket and your store and all these things. Blessing. Amen. Is always connected to obedience. Amen. That's how the kingdom is set up. That's how the kingdom is set up. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter five, verse twenty nine. I remember Bishop Williams used to quote this all the time. Amen. And we've seen the fruit of this in his life. Amen. And I've seen the fruit of it in my life. Amen. It says, oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments that it might be well with them and their children forever. Amen. He says, when we obey the word, we have a heart to hold on to the constitution of the kingdom. He says, not only will it be well with us, but it will be well with our children forever. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Our blessings are connected to our obedience. We've got to obey the Constitution. Amen. Point number two. Not only do we have to obey the Constitution, but the words of the king should be memorized. Amen. We should take time to memorize the word of God. Go back to Psalms 119 verse 11. He says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Amen. The words of the king should be memorized. Amen. We should take time to commit to memory what God says. Amen. If you've ever watched a, a courtroom drama or you've been maybe you've, you've had to go to court yourself, lawyers 
present their cases based on what is written in the law and on the precedence of other decisions based on the application of the law. So, so lawyers, again, they present their case and they build their cases based on what the law says and based on the decisions that have been previously made about those laws. Now, a savvy lawyer will take the time and prepare for the case, knows the briefs going backwards and forwards, can get in there. They don't have to go back to their notes and pull. They don't have to try to remember what it was and what they were going. They already have it stored up. Why? Because when their opponent comes against them, they don't have time to be fumbling around trying to figure out what the law says, whether it's right or not, uh, whether they can refute the argument that's being presented against them. No, they've got to have ammunition in the gun already before they go into the gunfight. Amen. And this is the same way with us. Family, we have to take time and commit the word to memory. So what the, when the enemy comes in, we can fire back at him. We can shoot back the word at him. When we see situations going on in the world, we can fire the word at those things. Amen. That's why we have the word. Amen. It is a weapon. The John chapter 14, verse 26 shows us how this happens. It says the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit's job is to bring back to us the word of God, to bring back to us the constitution of the kingdom, amen, to help us in times of temptation, when times we need to make decisions, to bring peace in the midst of stressful situations, to resist the devil that he may flee, amen. But here's the point, family. You can't remember what you've never seen. Think about that for a second. I can't remember what I've never seen. So that's why the psalmist said, look, your word I have hidden in my heart. I took time to put it in, to get it down so I can live it out. I took time to memorize it, to commit to memory what the Lord is saying so that the Holy Spirit has something to use when I get into a situation. Amen. We have to take time to memorize the Constitution. Point number three. Amen. The Bible must be taught. It has to be taught. Amen. It has to be taught. Not only, uh, well, let's go to Psalms uh, 119, verse 12. It says, blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me. Teach me your statutes. OK, so the first part of the teaching comes from God to us. The second part of the teaching comes from us to others. Amen. So it's God teaching us and then we teach others. Amen. The Great Commission in, in Matthew 28 commands us, right? Going all to all into all the world, um, baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all the commandments that I've given you. Amen. God has commissioned us to go and to teach the word of God, to share it with other people. But guess what? We can't teach what we don't know. Amen. Just like you can't remember what you've never seen. We can't give somebody something that we don't have. Amen. But God promises that if we spend time with him and we go and seek for him, we will find him. Amen. I love Isaiah chapter 40, verse four. It says it this way. It says the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. How does he do that? Look at what it says. He awakens my ear. Excuse me. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. So it's not just he's given me uh, ability to speak. He's really given me ability to hear. Amen. And then I speak what I hear. 
Hallelujah. That's how this works. So God is teaching us. And then what we hear, uh, as Jesus said, what we hear in the dark, we proclaim from the rooftops. Amen. He's teaching us first and then we can teach others. Amen. And I love this. And I see so many people that are posting on Facebook, especially in our church, people who are posting on Facebook the insights that you're getting from the word. I see people making comments in the group uh, that where we're doing our Bible reading plan, people making comments. God is speaking to you and you're sharing what God is giving you. I love it. Amen. We are all mentors. We are all ambassadors for the kingdom. Amen. We, but we have to speak the king's words. Right. So we have to obey it. We have to memorize it. We have to teach it. Amen. But but if we don't have a good understanding of the word, we will end up misrepresenting him to others. Amen. So we have to make sure we have a good understanding, take time to be taught. Amen. So we can then teach others. Amen. Point number four, the words of the king must be declared. Amen. We have to declare it. We have to give voice to what the king has already said. Amen. Psalms 119 verse 13. He says, with my lips, I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. This word declare means to recount, to announce, to rehearse, right? The Bible tells us that death and life is in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Amen. So what we do is we take the words of the king and we're like a herald. We go and we proclaim what the king has already spoken. I, I like to say it this way. We declare the decree. Amen. We publish what God has already put out. We make sure people know it and we declare it into our life and into our own situations. Amen. We speak what God speaks. Amen. We speak life. We refuse to speak what the enemy is speaking. We refuse to talk like the world talks. Amen. Our words, family, our words have power. Why? Because we are made in the image and likeness of God. Amen. He calls those things that are not as though they were. We have power. We have authority in our words. Amen. To create our world. And I'm not talking about some new age concept. Amen. I'm not talking about some name it, claim it theology. No, we were made in the image and likeness of God. And when he said, let there be, amen, there was. And then he said, let them. He created the world through his words. And he says, now you go and do likewise. He said, let them have dominion. Amen. Family, we have to watch our words. We have to watch what's coming out of our mouths. Amen. Have you ever heard people say things like, well, if it's not one thing, it's another. They, they say, I'm always taking one step forward and two steps back. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. If anything bad can happen, it's going to happen to me. And we wonder why our lives are in shambles. Amen. Because it's what you ordered. It's what you asked for. Amen. It's like going to a restaurant and seeing the worst thing for us on the menu, the thing that we don't want. And then we order it and we get upset at the waiter when they bring it. Amen. It doesn't make any sense to do that. Right. Amen. But when we call call for when we call for when we ask for things that are not in line with the word of God when we, we can end up calling down curses on ourselves amen why because our words carry weight our words have power amen family even if you don't see the, it, the way that you want it to be even if you don't see it the way that God says it's supposed to be you begin and continue to declare what thus saith the Lord amen hallelujah even if you don't know what God is doing speak what you do know 
Amen. Speak by, by his stripes. Glory to God. I'm healed. I am born of God. The wicked one can't touch me. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Because God is for me. Who can stand against me? I, I am the head and not the tail, the lender and not the borrower, above only and not beneath. Amen. I'm no longer a sinner, but I am a saint. Hallelujah. And I can't fail because the Lord always causes me to triumph. You've got to begin to say what God is already said about you. And here's why. Family, the devil is always talking. He's always speaking. The Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren. What does that mean? He's always accusing. He's always talking. He's always trying to tear us down. And not only is he doing it, but all of his agents are doing it. All of those that are speaking on his behalf, they're always speaking something. Now, here's the point. If they're always speaking, but we're not speaking, then they are creating our world for us. And we will be forced to live under the authority of their words. No, that's why we speak. We declare the word of God in our lives, over our families, on our jobs, in our church. We declare what thus saith the Lord. Amen. And that trumps everything. It overrides everything. Glory to God. You can cancel. Hallelujah. I'm getting excited. You can cancel the assignment of the enemy in your life, in your family by speaking and declaring what the Lord says, amen, in his word. You've got to know the Constitution, amen. It's the word of God that activates the army of God, amen. It's the word of God that activates the army of God. Let me give you a couple uh, quick fire scriptures right here. Uh, Psalms 34, 7 says, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them, right? I told you already that the, the, the kingdom has an army, amen. It has a security team, and those are the angels of God. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 1.14 that the angels of God are ministering spirits sent forth to minister on behalf of those who inherit salvation. How many of you know that's us? We are the ones that inherit salvation. The angels are sent to minister on our behalf. Amen. They encamped around about us. Amen. But how did they get activated? How do they get activated? That's the real question. How do we use this power, this authority that we have? How do we engage this army to work on our behalf. Look at Psalms chapter 103, verse 20. Psalms 103, verse 20 says, bless the Lord, you, his angels who excel in strength, who what? Who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Amen. The angels of God are listening out for the voice of the word of God. They're listening for someone, watch this, to give voice to the word. They're looking for the saints of God, the people of God, the citizens of the kingdom to declare what God is saying and they move out. Amen. They move out to make it happen on the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what they're sent to do. The Bible says that the words that God speaks will not go out and return to him void, but they will go and accomplish what he sent them to do. How many of you understand that right now God is sending his word into the earth through his people? Hallelujah. We've got to declare what the Lord is saying. Amen. Point number five, the words of the king must be valued and appreciated. Amen. They must be valued and appreciated. Psalms 119 verse 14. And look at this. Go all the way. We're going to go all the way down to 16 here. It says, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. 
Amen. How many of you would, would win the lottery right? or you get a whole bunch of money come in? Amen. And you're like, man, this is great. We, we, we would really appreciate that. We really value that. And the psalmist here is saying, man, your word means more to me than great riches, more to me than great riches. He says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. As kingdom citizens, it is incumbent upon us to take time to meditate on the word. What that word meditate means is to turn it over, to bring it back up. It's the, it's the, the word picture, uh, and you probably heard this before, it's the word picture of a cow who's chewing on cud. You know, like cows have like four stomachs, right? So they swallow it, and then it comes back up, and they chew on it some more, and I know it's kind of gross. But that's what, that's the idea, is to turn it over, to regurgitate to 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 turn it over in your mind to chew on it to ponder it to see and, and what happens is when you do that that's how it begins to take root in your heart amen that's how we we the, the holy spirit will um lead us in how to apply the word that's where we receive revelation Amen. That's where we receive insight to what God is saying. Amen. As we take the time to contemplate it, we reflect on it. Amen. We ponder it. Amen. And this is when it changes our heart. This is how it gets in. When we take the time and we're just laying down in our bed and we're just thinking about the Lord or we're thinking about his word or we we get a scripture. Sometimes if you're on the Bible app or you're a different plan or whatever, um, you can you can set it up where to send you a scripture a day. It'll have a scripture day and it can send it to you or you can just see it on the app. And that's something you can just take and just ponder that during the day and just meditate on that on uh, during the day. And that's how it gets in your heart. And the Holy Spirit will show you how to apply it. That's how you value the word. That's how you appreciate the word. You make it important to you. Amen. We have to make it important to us. OK. And then point number six. And I'm actually coming to a close in a minute here. Point number six, the words of the king, the kingdom constitution has to be studied. It has to be studied. Amen. Uh, Psalms 119 verse 17 says, deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. He says, I'm a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. And studying is more than just reading the word. It's it's really pondering. It's got getting I'm getting into it. I'm trying to understand it. Reveal wondrous things to me out of your law. He said, deal bountifully with me. What is what is he saying there? God, reveal your word in abundance to me. Amen. We think about bountifully. We think about, uh, you know, we talked before about cheerful. We talked about an attitude of heart. We're saying, God, rejoice in sharing your word with me. Amen. Give me just an overflow of understanding your word so I can know you more. Uh, studying is more than reading. It's serious inquiry. It's devoting time, effort and energy to understand the deeper meanings and application of the word of God. Second Timothy chapter 215 in the King James Version, the good old classic King James says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. This word study says be diligent in the word. It means to work hard in the word. Amen. And it takes more work for us to study the Bible because the Bible is originally written in a historical context 
to the people of Israel. A lot of things about the about the context that it's written. We don't know. We don't really understand it. So we have to get in, get a study Bible. Amen. We have to go and get a commentary. Commentaries where theologians have gone and they've researched and they've understood and they're able to explain passages of the Bible in great detail. Amen. There's a lot of good commentaries. There's a lot of good study Bibles out there, but get one and, and spend some time trying to just study the word and understand it. Amen. There's a lot of things in it that may not make sense to us right away, but we have to understand the context to rightly apply the word to our current day situation. Amen. So in closing family, I told you I was closing. Know your rights. Know the kingdom constitution. Know your privileges. Amen. Know what belongs to you. As I've said earlier, Luke 12, 32 says, do not fear, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. But just like it's the father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, it's the devil's good pleasure to block us from receiving the kingdom. Amen. So we have to be diligent. We have to know the kingdom constitution. Colossians 3.16 says, says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word dwell in you richly with all wisdom teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Let the kingdom constitution become a part of you. Amen. It has to become a part of us. Let's embrace the word. Let's embrace the kingdom constitution. Amen. So we can learn the kingdom rights and privileges that God has guaranteed to us. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. The Bible says the word of God is, 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 is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit.